Welcome to the Startup Brewery Podcast, where we discuss all things relating to startups, open and growing breweries from concept to execution. We are pleased to partner with All About Beer to bring you this podcast. You're joining us today for episode 005, Mission Statement, Philosophy, Values, and Vision. I'm Laura Lodge, here with Candice Moon, and we're excited to welcome you to our ongoing podcast journey. Our mission today is equal parts philosophical and concrete, strategic and holistic. It is possibly one of the most neglected, yet critical, puzzle pieces that comprise the entirety of your business. This is truly the question of who are you, effectively the soul of your business life and business community. Our guests today are challenged with connecting the sense of your business self with concrete standards and actions that include such routine missions as staff training and continuing education, while also translating to your role in your immediate community, the atmosphere in your taproom, and the mental health of your team. This discussion bridges your dream with your future reality in an essential way. You can make beer, serve it, collect payment, and crunch the numbers for your monthly financials while missing the heart of the business completely. So let's talk about why this is so important and how to go about creating, describing, and defining this puzzle piece. Thanks, Laura. Good morning or afternoon for some of you. Sorry, I'm in California. It's always good morning for me, pretty much. Um, so on the podcast today, we have uh, Ren Navarro, owner-operator of Beer Diversity. With nearly a decade of experience in the alcohol industry, a passion for encouraging personal and professional growth, and her trademark wits, Ren is here to educate, enlighten, and engage. Since launching Beer Diversity in 2018, Ren has become a known name at breweries, wineries, distilleries, and beyond. She has given talks on diversity and inclusion at several colleges and countless festivals, panels, radio shows, and podcasts throughout North America. In addition to being a diversity educator, she is a craft beer consultant for bars and restaurants in Ontario, Canada, and an educator for countless businesses throughout North America. Welcome, Ren. Uh, we have John Hyman, Esquire. I know how important that Esquire is. Chair of the Employment and Labor Practice Group and co-leader of the Craft Beer Practice Group at Wiccans, Herzer, and Panza. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, John serves as outside, inside, sorry, outside in-house counsel for businesses. He has extensive experience on more specialized labor and employment law issues, such as wage and hour compliance, social media, cybersecurity, other workplace technology concerns, affirmative action compliance, and union avoidance and labor relations. John is also co-founder and co-practice group leader of the firm's craft beer practice. In that capacity, he helps brewers, brew pubs, and restaurants and businesses that serve the craft beer industry navigate their specialized business, business, legal, and regulatory issues. He is also the author of the renowned and award-winning OhioEmployerLawBlog.com, an American Bar Association blog hall of fame inductee, which he updates daily to provide businesses and human resource professionals breaking news and other updates on the ever-changing landscape of labor and employment law. John is licensed in the state of Ohio. Welcome, John. Okay, and last but not least, Jason Gladfelter, owner of Vombuds, a virtual ombudsman. Jason is a beer geek with a conflict management profession, or is it the other way around, uh, who developed Vombuds, a virtual ombudsman to help small businesses with their internal dynamics. He is professional human resources certified has a conflict resolution degree, and has been a conflict management consultant for 15 years in both India and the U.S. He is an admitted beer dork, 
slash farm brewer, and is a Cicerone certified beer server. Welcome, Jason. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm going to jump right into it. So as, as Laura mentioned, we want to talk about kind of launching the business plan section of the podcast, um, you know, taking that vision to, to a planning stage. And really, I certainly when I've worked with business plans, the first part is really coming to figure out your mission statement, your philosophy and your values and kind of putting that all together. Um, so really the first thing I want to ask is when you're working with, uh, with startups, um, how do you help them in this area? How, what is a business philosophy uh, and, and how does someone figure out what theirs is? And I'll start with Ren. Um, I think that people always overthink these kind of things, right? Like the, you know, philosophy is this like absolute, like the ether of things. Um, it's, you know, I, I tell people if you're starting a business or you're starting a new project, how fast can you explain this to someone? So you're stuck in the elevator and it's one floor. How much are you going to tell them? If you're, you know, using Twitter, you have 140 characters or whatever it is. Can you put what you're doing in that and put the real nuggets? Not like I sell beer. Fine, cool. But what makes it different? What is the, the human piece of your business? And that is the piece we always forget about because we always talk about, and we've always been taught, um, if you are of a certain age, you're always taught about your product. Your product is the important part, but we're seeing a really huge shift in the last 20 years and even more so in the last five. Um, you know, the pandemic made us pay attention to people. And so we can say you make the best beer, but your people are terrible. So that is the philosophy of it. So you don't wanna just say we're good people. You wanna be able to say, this is what makes us good. And this is what makes us think that we are this. So the next time you're stuck in an elevator or you're doing a Twitter bio, your philosophy is now your elevator pitch or it is now your bio. So I think looking at it in in that way and not making it product um, specific is really important. Awesome. John? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything Ren said. I mean, we're now, we're, we just crossed 400 breweries here in Ohio. And so, you know, say, yeah, we make beer. That's, that's, so what sets you apart? Are you, you know, we're a female-owned sustainable brewery, right? That's a wonderful place to start, to start telling the story of your brewery. What makes you different than the other 399 that's going to bring people into your, you know, bring people into your tap room to buy your, to drink your product, to buy your product, to, Pull you off the grocery shelf if you're, you know, if you're if you're distributing whatever it is, such that um, to, to enable you to at least start to start to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the goal is, I mean, for everybody is like make beer, sell beer, and we joked about that I think before we started recording. But I mean, that is the ultimate goal. But you need to do something that's going to carve yourself out from the market to draw you in because of your only thing you had to tell people is, you know, we sell beer um, a year from now, guess what you're not going to be doing. You're not going to be selling beer because you're not going to have anything that's going to draw people in to buy your product, to, to sell enough of it, to keep you, um, uh, to keep you in business. So you, you, you need to figure out, and I also agree with Ren that we shouldn't be overcomplicating this. We don't need, um, you know, a Jerry Maguire style 15 page manifesto to explain what our business, to explain what our business model and philosophy is, but something that you can 
at a, you know, at a, you know, standing, you know, standing at the, uh, you know, standing at the bar or in an elevator or on the street corner waiting for the light to change, explain to somebody in 20 or 30 seconds, like, this is who we are. And this is what makes us different than uh, the brewery across the street or the one on the other side of town or whatever. Goodness. Jason? I'm going to disagree with every. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it would. It would honestly. I mean, it would make for a better. I was going to say, right? If we wrong. like, just like the yep. gloves down and went at it. Well, but I and I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with most of that. I think uh, I, especially what Ren said, don't make it complicated. Um, and and I want to answer this question in the in the context of a mission statement rather than kind of an overall business thing, but. Um, but a mission statement uh, in so far as who's it for, what's it for, is it for you, is it for your business, is it for your team, is it for the market, is it for your customers, and, and it's all going to come down to kind of combining all of that. Um, why why have a mission statement? Um, what is the, the impetus behind it? Is it to get your brewery differentiated? Or your business differentiated from another one? Is it to keep employees engaged? Uh, is it to keep yourself on point? Uh, and I, th I think, uh, when constructing a mission statement comes comes about, um, you kind of want how to you want to have that elevator pitch. That's true because you want to get the the customers in. I also think it's a good way to keep your team engaged. Um, to keep turnover low, uh, which you could sell all the beer you want and make a lot of money, but if your turnover is is outrageous, then you know you're just oh, those profits are gone. So I think um, I, I think keeping it in mind as to the elevator pitch for your customers, the elevator pitch for yourself, and for your team and how they enter. I I'm kind of more of the I I help people or breweries from the inside out. Uh, so usually, usually they don't come to me, uh, when they're forming a business, they come to me when the poop hits the fan during their business <laughs> and I try to help them through it. And some of it is they, they lack a mission statement. They lack a, they have a vision, uh, but the mission statement is kind of, it's either not, not there or it's kind of sporadic. It doesn't really match what they're doing. They don't, they don't adhere to it. Uh, they change it a lot, stuff like that. So co coming out of the out of the barn with a mission statement um, is important. But as Ren said, don't make it too complicated or complex. Um, and there's going to be a lot of vague answers in this podcast, I think, <laughs> on that. But uh, that's kind of how it works. And um, yeah, so I think uh, just go from there. Okay, John, did you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think authenticity is key. Also, when you're putting together mm -hmm. your your mission statement, it, 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 people will sniff out bullshit. Can we? Are we we're allowed to curse on this podcast? I'm assuming, right? This is a this is an adult an adult podcast. I'm assuming four letter words are okay. Um, Fair. I think Jason's I, just I, dad, I, so he has to I say. Think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think people, whether it's customers, employees, whomever, are going to sniff out bullshit if your mission statement is bullshit. And it absolutely has to be authentic to who you are and how you want your business to, how you run your business has to be authentic to who you are. 
And if it's not, it's going to get sniffed out and the people won't buy it. Your employees won't buy it. And, um, and I agree with Jason that this has to be, I mean, we, it has to be outward facing and inward facing because if the two don't gel, then that will be sniffed out as well with the bad workplace culture revolving door and everything else that Jason, uh, that Jason talked about. Agreed. Yeah, I'll actually, so I'm going to throw in a slightly more, what am I saying? Which is funny being the lawyer, um, more kind of esoterical um, idea. It's just something that's really kind of come into more my thoughts lately is how important it is for, and this goes with the authenticity, to really have your own personal values involved in your business. I mean, I think, so I've had my business now for 13, 14 years. And if you're going to get up and go to the same, and and theoretically you want this business to last. So if you're going to get up and go to the same job, do the same work every day at the same business, you really need it to have a personal connection to what you truly value and what's important to you. And I think, um, I do think it's important to figure out what that is. I mean, I think we all know if we think about it, what's important to each of us. And and those values might shift a little bit, but for the most point, um, I think they they stay similar. Um, and, and I'll just give an example. Like right now, I'd say my one of my top values is growth. And so I'm noticing in my company, I'm doing a lot more of like looking out for classes that my employees can take to kind of grow their knowledge in different areas. And so I do think it's an important piece um, for any business owner looking to start a a business that they hope to grow and keep for years. What are the things that are important to you and how to weave that in to the way you run your business? And I think it will, um, again, keep you authentic because it's, you know, you want to do something that is important to you, not pick something that sounds like a good thing. Um, but if it's something that's true to you, I think you'll end up staying on that path and be more focused on bringing that in. And so that, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of breweries who giving back to the community is, is an important part of what they want to do, which is wonderful. But I think, and I think that's a great value and that goes into a philosophy. And then, you know, as we keep talking about a mission statement and coming up with a business plan for a mission statement is where you start getting the the action items like so what are you going to do to you know show that vision and that um that value laura what are your thoughts i know you're working with a lot of startups um i I think the the walking the talk is super important but i think there's also and i think ren can speak to this i've heard you talk about it too the the connection between the the brewery and the community and really understanding who the community is outside your doors and how you connect with that. I think that's super important as well. Yeah, I think that, that part of the problem too is that, you know, when you start up this this new business, whether it be a brewery or, you know, anything that's adjacent, is this, this notion that you're going to create community. You are entering a community. So you're not creating a new one. And if you are creating a new one, you're creating a gated community um, because you've come into a space and now you've said, you're entering a new space. So, you know, and a lot of people say, yeah, but that's not what I intended. Yes, it's intentions are one thing, but actions are another. Um, And I think that when you're doing these pieces, 
you know, your, your mission statements and your value statements, that is the backbone of your, your company. And without a backbone, without a spine, you're going to have a really hard time moving around doing anything. So I think um, understanding, you know, building off of what Laura was just talking about, understanding the community. And if you want to create an internal community, um, what does that look like and who does that affect? And if it is just affecting your patrons and your staff, then you've created a gated community. And congratulations. I hope your security guards are good. Well, I think heaven is a gated community too. So, um, go, there was a the movie program. called Heaven's Gate. Uh, well, yes, yes. <laughs> Wasn't there a cult too? Oh, <laughs> several, I'm sure. I think they drank Kool Aid though, not beer. So I think we're okay. Oh, yes, yes. It, it was Flavor Aid. I don't give Kool Aid a bad name here. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, well, so and, and trying to keep it on the on the tangible level i suppose or community level like if you have your mission statement that is kind of esoteric and it's out there and it's very philosophized that's a word uh and you, you can't it's intangible like have something in your mission statement that you can do every day like um i mm-hmm. i helped this one brewery they wanted to have a more cohesive team and i asked i said well why don't you put a welcome mat you have a welcome mat for your customers why don't you have a welcome mat for your employees if you have a separate interest in the back or something you know something that says hey come on welcome in and you do that every day and it's kind of passive um but at the same time it's 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 central to that that brewery's theme, which, you know, theme philosophy is kind of the same thing. What, what, what is your theme? What is your philosophy is to have a welcoming community uh, or a welcoming business for a community. And that means in part of the community is your team. Um, so, so have that a mission statement that you can actually have some actionables every day. If it's saying hi to someone, if it's holding their door open, if it's, um, calling people by their first names or whatever it is. It's important to have that not so unreachable or un, un uh, like you, you can't touch it, I guess. If that makes sense. It does. It does. So here's a question then. So have any of you um, or have you, or, and if you have, how have you helped coach um startups into crafting that mission statement is there like back to the concrete things that they need to do to come up with i mean we talked about like um authentic um sure uncomplicated we'll put it that way not necessarily short but um are there other things that um other ways you've helped people figure out who they want to be as a business I mean, I think it's what's important to you. What are your values are? What what do you hope to achieve as a business? What do you want to portray to the community and to your employees? I mean, I think I mean, I think that I think that all goes into putting that putting that mission statement together. Um, I mean, kind of at, at the end of the day, it's kind of who you don't think of a business as like a living, breathing person, but a business is. I mean, it, it is a living, breathing entity. And it's, you know, what, what do you want that business to be? Who do you want that business to be? And kind of all those things go into kind of that calculus into figuring out ultimately what that, what, what, what that is. Yeah. So I kind of have a, a, uh, 
I don't know if it's unique or not, but uh, an approach that's come from a conflict management, well, not the management part, a conflict perspective, <laughs> in that when you're crafting a mission statement, break it down to three parts. Uh, the conflict, why, do, why does your uh, product assuage that conflict or deal with it? And then what's the result after that? Um, so why do people drink beer? Uh, why do they come to your place? What does that solve? What does that uh, address? And then how do they feel afterward? Um, and if they have the good beer but a bad experience, eh, not coming back. If they're good experience and bad beer, eh, maybe not coming back. Um, so I think it, it, those, those three small steps um, can help. It sounds easy, um, but it probably isn't, <laughs> uh, especially if the if, you know, the, you have one product, which is a beer. I guess you can have, I don't know if you got multiple st mission statements for each beer, that'd be kind of interesting, but uh, <laughs> uh, different conflicts to resolve, I suppose. So yeah, I just kind of go with the three steps and then help them out through that. Well, I would say there is a second product, which um, I would probably consider the, basically your, your, your customer service is a second product yeah. for, for anyone who has a tap room, which I think these days is probably most, most breweries. Is that it, could, it, it could be your first product. It depends on yeah. your mission, your vision. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that when you're, you know, when you're talking about missions, like take the word, right. What is the mission you want to go on and where do you want to get it? Um, because again, we think of, of a mission being this, you know, like we've said, like it's this nebulous concept, but it's, it's the thing that you're doing, right? So it's the adventure, the mission that you're going on. And throughout it, yes, you're going to make beer or yes, you're, you know, you're going to be like malt or grains or whatever it is. But what is it that you hope to attain in doing or offering this product? And don't just think of the product, think of who it affects, think of who it could potentially affect and think of the people that can affect you. Because, you know, it's all these big pieces and, and kind of like Jason was saying, it's like, it's easy, but it's not. And, and then, you know, as we're all saying, like, and then you have to make sure that there's accountability and you have to be authentic and it can't be complicated. So it's, it's a tricky thing to do, but, you know, your mission statement is one that you're not going to tinker with a heck of a lot. So if you can get it and nail it down and when you do it, take it to someone who doesn't know enough about your business, right? That's, that's the, the the quote unquote easiest part to do is when you craft it, take it to someone and say, okay, when you read this, what are the first like three things that pop into your head when you read it? Because if they don't match anything you intended, then you got to go on a new mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll actually, so while, while you guys were talking, I pulled up because I, so how sad is this? I couldn't remember, you know, from my class, what I tell people how to craft a mission statement. Um, you know, it's like a small part of a, six hour class over six weeks, you know, so and so on. Um, so with the four questions that I put to the the students to think about is, and, and this is stuff that you guys have all touched. So it's kind of perfect, which is to start with a market defining story. Why, why are people going to buy from you? Why, or why should they buy from you? Define how your customer's life is better because your business exists. I really like that one. Consider what your business does for your employees, to Jason's point, and what the business does for its owners. And think about all of those things uh, 
when trying to and and talk it over with your your co-owners because that's also very important. Lori, you have something to add? I think that um, a piece that we haven't really touched on is the empowerment that we can provide the employees with the mission statement. Um, Dave Ketchin wrote an article for us at Start a Brewery that talks about um, if your mission statement or your vision talks about um, maintaining the best possible customer experience, um, you can you can provide that impetus for that employee to do what it takes to make sure that that experience is good. If that's, you know, replacing a beer, if that's, um, you know, what, what is it, what does it take to, to, to make that experience happen and making the employee comfortable with the fact that their actions are, are in line with the mission um, that, that the brewery has. Um, I think that that's helpful to be able to em- empower the employee with making your vision happen each and every staff member's experience um, during the every day. I think that that's something that can be really super cool. Definitely. Give, I mean, I think. And, oh. No, no. I was just going to say, and, and give and and give the employees a voice too within the business, right? Empower them not just to make decisions with the you know with the customers. Um, oh, I don't like this beer, or let me let let me you know let try another one. Let me pick it up for you, whatever but empower them to have a voice within the business as well. Um, you know, this, is, this isn't working well for us. Um, let's try it this way or whatever. So that employees are not just empowered with customers, but are, are empowered to make real and impactful change within the business, uh, within the business as well. Good point. Yeah, I mean, you're really making your company culture with your mission statement to some extent as well. I think, I think it has to. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the company culture, it should be an offshoot of what the mission statement is. I mean, your culture should just not, the culture that you, that you create within the business, I think should just naturally flow from what, from what's stated in the mission statement itself. I will uh, throw out some caution on that. Uh, If you have, and I think it's a good idea to have employee input and a voice. Uh, the, The, the challenge is, those voices and how you hear them don't always mesh. Uh, that's that creates that that is actually conflict, um, and you have to have a, I guess, a method to deal with uh, and to manage those conversations. Um, like an ombud, like like like. An <laughs> hey, there's an idea. Someone should do that. Um, it might be a good time to define what an ombudsman is for our listeners who may not. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, usually an ombudsman is, is someone or ombudsperson is at a uh, university. Um, that's kind of common. Uh, some federal agencies have them, but it's it's a independent office that will uh, hear grievances and, and disputes and uh, either render a decision or, or um do some investigation and help them out through that, through the conflict, maybe point to uh, referrals or resources that the the person uh, may use. Uh, And and so what I do is not quite like that, but it's pretty close. Uh, It's um, kind of an outside counsel, um, (laughs) non-lawyer, still confidential, but um, just help people through challenges, point them in the right direction. If I can, if my experience uh, can help, then I'll, I'll use it. If not, then I'll refer them out. So, yeah. And, and I think that's, um, 
uh, with so many breweries and so many people coming to breweries, uh, and all the diversity is, is fantastic. I've, I've loved to see it in the last 20 years grow out. Uh, the challenge is when you have diversity, you have differences and differences come together. And that's, it's, it's great when they mesh, it's not so great when they don't. And what I've tried to do in the last decade or so is, you know, try to, try to make them mesh. Um, and that, that requires a lot. Uh, and so back to the point, um, having that voice in the breweries is great. I think maybe regular, regular meetings, uh, within a brewery with the team just to see, you know, temperature checks, see what's going on. Uh, maybe have private meetings, uh, if, or have that option, you don't have to require them, uh, just so people can get stuff off their chest. If you need someone from an outside perspective, maybe, uh, if you have someone from another brewery, maybe that everybody at your brewery trusts to kind of talk things off. And if you trust that person to, um, to kind of bounce ideas around just to get a temperature check, uh, I, I think, I think it's great to have th those meetings. Uh, they can, most of the time they can lead to, uh, growth and, and transition and, um, problem solving. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> so I just want to caution as a great idea. I just want to caution against, uh, not no, against I, it, I, but with it. Yeah. hundred percent fair. I just think what, what yeah. we want to avoid is where employees feel that management never listens to them. The door's always closed. Um, exactly. Then, then nothing, you know, harassment issues never come to the front, uh, pay issues never mm -hmm. come to the front, other grievances never come, you know, never come to the front because employees feel, you know, what's the point? Because management is not going to do anything about it anyway, or they don't care, or they don't listen. And so that's, that's what we're, that's ultimately exactly. what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at some point down the road, we're going to probably have a whole podcast on uh, employees and uh, best practices in that area. So but I'm going to bring, bring you back to mission statements and the business plan um, real, real quick here. Um, so, and I think, um, and, and I know Jason mentioned a couple of these things, but it, again, in terms of tangible items, um, what are some ways you guys can recommend and maybe from the, the different parts of the mission statements you, you've talked about or the different parts of the philosophy that people can actually put these things in practice in their uh, breed to be into their uh, SOPs, into their tap rooms, into production. Like, so concrete ways they can take this kind of esoteric idea and put it into practice. I think that when you're doing it, you know, again, to be specific in this philosophy. So if you want to be like, we're great for the community. Okay. What are you doing for the community? So if you're going to say we're interacting with the community, um, you know, the mission statement also will feed your value statements. So this isn't just everything goes in your mission statement. This is not going to be like a three-page document that you're like, this is my mission statement. Um, this is your high-level stuff. So again, you know, if you're saying that we make a really great product, cool, what does your product do? Um, you know, I, I, I try not to drop names of breweries, but like part of Lady Justice uh, in Denver, like part of their, their mission statement is that we will make this product, but with this product, we will help our community and we give X percentage. So that is part of their mission, but then in their values, then they expand upon it. So 
you know, I mean, you're writing an essay, right? You're writing a, a, a school grade essay and you have your opening statement and you have your, you know, like within this essay, I will talk about the following. That's what your mission statement says. Your vision statement is what you're going to do down the line and your values are what you're going to do through the entire time. So don't make your mission statement like we're going to help this community. We're going to do this for like, you know, abused people. We're going to be a safe space, like kind of truncate it. Um, but make sure that you back it up within your other statements. John? I, I would, just to play off what Ren just said, like I was in a brewery over the summer and they had a whole rack of um, like Brave Noise t-shirts. And I said to the bartender, I'm like, oh, how cool that you guys are brewing Brave Noise. And he goes, yeah, we didn't. We just threw the t-shirts up there because we thought like people might want to buy something with the, with the, with the, uh, yeah. I can see I the audience can't see Ren's face, but I can see Ren's face. <laughs> and I had the same I had the same reaction, but it's a place, <laughs> it's a place I'm not going to go in again because right, 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 right. That's so your 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 values. Um, right. Yeah. That just told me your values are we do everything for show. We don't yeah. care about we don't care about what that means. And we don't care about the important work that that. <laughs> that organization is doing for our industry right so when i talk about or i said before about authenticity like you gotta live it and if you're gonna if you're gonna say it and you're gonna do it it's gotta be real and you can't just throw some merch up on a rack and hope that that's going to show that you are um you know good for the community and you're doing good work and you're you know and you support um you know dei efforts and equality and everything else i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a qualifier there because i always like to think the best of people or you have to make sure that if you did it for a reason, you communicate that to your entire staff. Yeah, that, that, that you don't have a random bartender who's, yeah. who's like, I don't know why it's there. <laughs> but I think, but I think like jumping off of that piece, like again, mission, vision, values, uh, that part of the like, we're going to do brave noise, for example, um, it, the values are, we want to support our our community and we want to show that we're trying to make change and that bartender is not holding up the values which means that that person shouldn't even be there right like right if 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 supporting that is part of the mission statement of if that it is brewery, part of the mission statement, that's right yeah. that that bartender is not mission appropriate and should not be working at that should not be working yeah. in that environment 100 correct yep. yep but then as an owner you have to be sure you're aware of what's going on because Again, I, I definitely know situations where, you know, it's kind of like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, that the owner may have that mission and it's either not getting communicated, but they're also not hearing the feedback. They don't know that this person, you know, A, doesn't get it, B, is not, you know, have the same values. Like, so if they don't know, it's, you, I think it just brings it back around to knowing what your vision is, or your mission, your values, sharing that and making sure that all your employees know it and as much as you can verify that they share it, but then also, you know, paying attention and being, being there. Yeah. Hiring is hard. You might not find it out on the way in the door, but at some point during the employment process, that should become apparent if the owner is present and paying attention. Jason, anything to add? Yeah. I, well, Kind of, I suppose. Um, I, you mentioned the hiring process. That's okay. Whole other podcast. That is a whole other podcast. I don't want to get into that. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep quiet on that one. <laughs> well, you can definitely discuss it as it relates to mission statements and values and philosophy. Well, so I guess the question then would be, is adhering to a mission statement, a condition of employment? Oh, now you're getting all legal on me. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say no. I mean, I think that the, you know, mission feeds into everything else. And and again, mission is about your business. So it is the non-living entity of what you do. And then the values, vision and values are the pieces and values can be written into a code of conduct. Mm -hmm. So I am no lawyer. However, <laughs> I think that because it all feeds in, right? So at the end, you know, your mission, your vision feeds your values. Values are the, you know, too long didn't read, um, truncated version of your code of conduct, mm -hmm. which is a legally binded thing because people sign off on it. So there you go. Okay. I think it just means that you have to make sure in the hiring process that you're keeping your values and your mission statement front of mind when hiring yeah. people, because if you hire someone who doesn't have, doesn't fit into the, or not fit, let's say carry the same values, then eventually it, it's not going to be a good fit for the company and you will probably end up parting ways. And, and so, and it, but in that, and in that sense, your brewery is a gated community. Uh, yeah, I well, I mean, but it's also transparency, right? Like, I mean, it's also like when you have friendships, mm -hmm. you know, you, you start talking and then there's the transparency of the things you believe in. And if you're like, oh, this doesn't work for me, like I'm going to go. So, I mean, I don't know if it's a gated community. It happens in regular open communities too. But I think that you also have to realize that the economic portion of it and then you know mm -hmm. it was capitalism all along um so yeah i mean it's <laughs> right like we we can't look at this as a utopian society like it's it's completely mm -hmm. funded by capitalism um but depending on how gated you want to make it like john's example of you know having these shirts up for a charitable movement and just being like yeah whatever i mean you could say that like that's trying to create something awkward um, and creating these pieces and knowing that like I can create my own gated community of quote unquote safety and that's not what I did and I broke the mission statements and I didn't go in line with the value statements so I don't know I mean you could you could argue it was a gated community but I don't know I it's think tricky. you can have similar values and different opinions because right. I think values right. are something that I mean. I think are more universal and you either, you know, it's important to you or it's not. I don't think that people are anti a, a, what I would consider a value, which is not necessarily a divisive, like growth. Mm -hmm. I don't think there are people who think growth is bad. There are people who just may not think it's important. Right. Yeah, and I think the differentiation uh, that Ren pointed out between the mission and the values is is important. Um, in, in that uh, your your mission your mission can be a little bit more um, encompassing uh, and I guess I say flexible, but um, not not as strict as values because uh, you don't want to hire someone who doesn't share any of your values. I mean, that's, but if they don't quite, if they have a little disagreement or don't quite understand your mission statement, I think that might be fine uh, as long as they still adhere to it in their practice, even though they may not totally buy into it. I, so yeah, I think that's, that's a good, um, 
difference maker or a differentiation between those two? So as we are getting to the kind of wrap up time, um, what would be, I guess, your, your final piece of advice to people, final thoughts on creating this mission statement and then living with it through the life of your business? Ren, I'm always going to go back to you first. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, I think, I think that, you know, it's, it's like, it, it it can sound incredibly daunting, but this is groundwork and it's, um, it's not easier to do it at the beginning, but it's one of those things that'll help you kind of figure out all your plans. If you are like me and you're like, what's a business plan? I do not have one. Um, think of your mission as the, you know, that cornerstone that you're going to build off of. And so don't be like, I'm going to give myself six weeks to do this. Give yourself like two days, sit down, do it. And, you know, start with writing everything out, right? So yeah, like I said, don't write an essay, write an essay and then take out those core pieces that are really important to you. And that's what you're going to use to build off of. Um, and again, get someone to, to take a look at it when you're done. Um, if you're, you know, if you've been established for a long time and you're like, I don't need a mission, guess what you do? Um, what's your business doing? What are you currently doing? What is the mission of your business? What, what's the vision that you see down the line? Having these things also keeps you accountable. It's, you know, again, that transparency and, and it's just showing that like, yeah, we're real. And these are things we want to do. So give yourself two days, max, sit down, put on some good tunes, listen to your favorite podcast, whatever, start writing and write as much as you can. And then go back and start picking the things that either overlap or the stuff that is like, yes, these are, these are huge parts. Um, I think that, yeah, just sit down, get it done. Excellent. John? Your tip? Yeah, I mean, keep in mind that this is not something that's etched in stone, like Moses coming down off the mountain with the Ten Commandments. I mean, this is this is a living, breathing document, and it's okay to spend those two days, get it down on paper, say, this is what we're going to do, and then six months later, reevaluate and say, uh, what have we accomplished? Does it does this actually make sense in practice? And what, if anything, do we need to change? Um you're you're going to live with this document for the for the and this for the duration of your business but it doesn't mean you have to live with every word for the duration of your business and as your business changes your goals and priorities change um, your mission statement should be able to change along with it excellent jason your last thoughts for today uh, yeah i would say it um those are all great. I think if if those don't work for you, and I, they they should, uh, you could try going kind of the other way and saying, well, "What do I not like?" <laughs> and cross off all that crud first, um, and then and then that kind of helps you realize kind of your philosophy. I think Candice, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, what is what is your philosophy? Well, what is start with what's not your philosophy and go from there. It's kind of like finding a job when you're out of high school. It's like, what do I not want to do? Um, sometimes you got to do it and figure out, wait, this isn't it. <clears throat> that's not what I want. And also think about your audience for your mission statement. And that's, that's yourself. Um, that's your team, uh, your uh, employees. That's the customers. That's the surrounding community. That's your, your neighbors, um, in your business. And, and, and it, that might help you shape, uh, or maybe f provide a direction as to, or you want your mission statement to to lead. 
Excellent. I'll throw onto that just to, to spin off of what you just said, because a lot of people I know, the business plan is written to show to investors. But here's what I'm going to say. Do exactly, yeah. not craft your mission statement no. based on investors. What you really want are investors that believe in your mission statement. You want investors mm-hmm. that are believe in you and what you want to do and are not looking, and I, I always say this, not looking for a payday. Because there's, I always say, well, don't invest in a craft brewery to make money. You can make a living, but this is not a business. This is a passion and a love. And you do it because it's, you know, all you can think about doing. Um, my um, my tip, and, and this is something I did and you can do it. I, I actually bought a card deck, but you could just kind of Google a list of, you know, I want to say there's like 50 different potential values and kind of what the card deck had me do was go through. And here's like important, not important, important, not important. And then you push the not important to me to decide and you have your important file. And then you go like have to have or very important, important, but least important. And so you kind of whittle it down to you get down to about, you know, five or six. And those are, it's just kind of a, a, an interesting way to figure out at least where your values are today. And I don't think your values necessarily change overall as much as they might change in order of importance. Um, what's most important to me right now. Um, but I think those, it, it's a good way to kind of go, oh, because I mean, you look at all the words, you go, yeah, all those things are great. <laughs> you know, like, of course I believe in all those things, but what is truly um, closer to where you are right now? So that was really helpful for me personally, at least. So. Yeah. And just to add to that, I think the, the the stuff that you find most important, that's your core values, you may not know you have them because you don't think about them all the time. They're they're so deep down that that you take them for granted. And to, to really kind of dig in, you know, like the, the roots of a tree, they, the roots are, are your values and, the, and the, the trunk is your mission statement. The leaves are your uh, the flowering of your brewery. I don't know, but you know, try to <laughs> try to dig down and see, and not take anything for granted. And what is that root value? <clears throat> Excellent, Laura. Um, I think one thing that that's important here too is that this is not necessarily. Um, it, it shouldn't be a solo mission. I think to to remain open to input, to do this as a community of, especially if you're already open of your staff. If you're not open of of the other owners and and people that you've talked to and explained your dream to, they can have valuable input into this process as well. And talking about, you know, who who are you and where are you going? So I think staying open and um, and sharing and and talking it over is important too. I don't think it's something that you make up by yourself in order to put in your business plan and 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 never like ask and discuss and make that a living thing. I think it's important to make sure that it has legs and that it has like universal acceptance of this, this, this company you're bringing into creation or that, that you've established that you share it and that you live it and that you're open to change as reflected from other people. Definitely. And one thing um, that uh, we didn't really talk about today, but I know Ren mentioned a couple of times and it's just something also to kind of add to this is the the vision statement of where do you want to go? So you have your your mission. Where do you want to be down the road, based on your values, your purpose, your philosophy? 
And I think that's definitely something people really do need to think about whether they make a statement or not, but in terms of both from a practical standpoint, um, as well as, um, you know, philosophical one. So I just wanted to throw that in. I know we're at the end, but um, it's an important thing to think about before going down this whole plan. You know, it should be part of your dream is where, where are things going to go? Where do you want to be in five to 10 years is the, you know, <laughs> the, your own, interview yourself, the interview question. When we talk about this in terms of financials all the time, um, so to talk about in terms of your vision and your mission, I think is important as well. And and we keep saying, you know, in the future, we're going to talk about, so we're just going to have to bring all these people back and, oh, and yeah. talk about how this, how this takes shape, you know, how does this play out? How does this become real um, as you get further along the development line of, of your business? So I'll close up with a big thank you to all of our listeners, all of our guests for joining us now and in the future for episode 005 of the Start a Brewery podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode, 006, continuing forward with your business plan with a lively discussion about understanding your market, your products, and the development of your brand. This will be released on Tuesday, March 14th, before anyone should actually be awake for the day. While you're anticipating the release of our next episode, feel free to visit the Start a Brewery website at startabrewery.com, a free resource for those who are looking to open or grow their breweries. Be sure to look through the task lists offered for each stage of the process, plan, act, open, and grow, at the educational resources, and at the offerings from our savvy contributors in our growing library. You can also sign up for an occasional electronic update with new Startup Brewery contributors, content, events, and more great information on the contact page of the website. We also encourage you to explore the All About Beer website at allaboutbeer.com, perhaps pop in to enjoy one of their excellent podcasts as well. In the meantime, this has been Laura Lodge and Candace Moon wishing you a terrific day and thanking you once again for joining us on our podcast journey to start a brewery.